today is kind of a, a trademark day. We begin the first day of the week on the first day of the year. And you think back, and, and it, as you may have been sitting there last night thinking of the things in the past, our memories, all the good things that happened, or maybe all the bad things that may have took place in your life. You think about them things, and, and you really talk to people about them in your family or your friends or your loved ones and, and how, whoever it was. But you sit around and you talked about these things, and, and you reminisced on these things, and, and it got you thinking, well, today starts a new beginning. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. As we, as we read Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 9, I want you to get this through your mind and, and see how you fit into this text. The Bible says here in Romans chapter 8, verses 1, it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of the life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was, through the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And to those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for just this day that you have allowed us to be able to come together and assemble together as the saints. And Father, we're just so thankful for just the years past and, and just the beginning, this new beginning that we can have in our own lives to be able to start off on the right foot and to be able to continue moving forward to seeking you out in our own personal lives. Father, I pray this morning as we look at this text and when we, we really break down what's going on here in, in the church at Rome, that we can see ourselves in this text and, and realize that, that we have something more better. That we have life much easier in Christ. And, and Father, we're just so thankful for you sending your Son to, to give his life up for us. Father, we love you. We appreciate all that you have done for us and, and looking forward to what lies ahead in eternity. All squats in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. So this new year, this means that, that you have the opportunity to become a new you. And, and, meaning, and, and, and why I bring that up is because that's what Paul is trying to emphasize. You. He says... However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So taking the long way around, we've we got to get our mindset. What do we usually do as human beings? As we were sitting there last night, we were trying to, to think of what we are going to do better this year. Well, usually we, we set goals. We, set re, we call them resolutions, right? We set goals, we set resolutions in our life that we want to reach before the end of the year. 
So we got 365 days to accomplish whether we're going to decide to start eating healthy. We got 365 days to, to start working out and, and getting fit and getting healthier and better. We have 365 days to, to quit old habits. But what ends up happening? Well, we don't accomplish it. I mean, because eating healthy costs a lot more. Losing weight, well, that's too much work. And quitting old habits, it was just easier to keep them. We, we fail to realize that all these things in our life, these physical things in our life, don't amount to anything compared to eternal things, spiritual things. Fleshly things, they what? They lead to death. But spiritual things lead to life and peace. So how about this year we, we set spiritual goals? How about reading our Bible daily? How about praying? How about focusing on the Lord on a daily basis instead of once a week or twice a week? How about being evangelistic? You know, that's one of the, the biggest balls that get dropped is nobody wants to be evangelistic anymore. It's, it's easier to stay to ourselves because we may offend somebody. And, and, and that's really how it's looked at in the world is, is, well, if we talk to that person that we know is in sin, that we know they were living in the wrong way, if we talk to them, we may offend them and run them off. But I want you to think about this for a moment. Paul, he was the guy who persecuted Christians for following Jesus. He didn't care if he was going to offend somebody. He would stone them to death, or he would hang them, or, or he would put them on a cross, whatever it may be, however their life ended. Paul didn't care. Look at it in a positive aspect. Paul didn't care when he became a Christian if he was going to offend anybody. Where did Paul spend most of his, his ministry? He was bound in chains, locked behind bars. See, Paul didn't care whether or not he was going to offend somebody because the most important thing was for him to win souls for the Lord. And we have to have that same mindset. So I want you to think about this. and How are you going to be successful in your own Christian life and beginning with that new you starting today? Well, first off, Paul says here in chapter 8, verse 1, he says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. In Christ, you have a new position. And that position is that you belong to somebody else. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to Christ. And, and if we live our lives based off that mindset and knowing that we belong to Christ, now we no longer belong to ourselves, it will change our whole perspective of life. It changes every avenue that we walk down. We no longer walk down in darkness. We, we walk in the light. That new position we have. Now, you, you look at it, what Jesus had to give up. Now, I know a lot of people today have a hard time giving up anything. I go to people's houses, people that I'm close with in my family, and you walk in and, and you walk into the, the rooms that are not considered normal hanging out rooms, and, and it's full of stuff. They have a hard time getting rid of it. Because they may use it one day, and then when it molds, well, then we can get rid of it. Jesus gave up everything. He gave up his life. 
He gave up walking on the earth. He gave up spending time with Mary and Joseph. He gave up spending time with his disciples. He gave up spending time with all of his friends that he was gathering together as they would come together to be healed. He gave it all up for you and for me. We have a hard time giving things up. But in Christ, we shouldn't. We should have the same mindset, the same perspective and that Jesus had is, is this world has nothing to offer me. But what God offers me is far better. It's much better than, than the things that we can get into the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that, that's one of the, the biggest things that we fail to see today is victory. We look at victory, and the only time we see victory is at the end of a NASCAR race. When the guy does donuts holding the checkered flag and, and pulls into the winner's circle. We, we see that as victory, but we don't see our life and being in Christ as a victorious life to live. Because there's so much problems and so many issues out in the world that bring us down. Through Jesus Christ, we have a new position. We have victory. What more could we ask for? Add that to your resolution goals. Is, is how can I fulfill in my life this new position that I've been given in Christ? With that new position, it gives us something else. It, gives a, it, it allows us to be a new person. We've been born again. But being born again, there's more to that. There's more than just being baptized into Christ. There's, we have became a new person. We became a new creation, a new creature. You know, I, I tried to uh, really think about that for a moment. I mean, you, you hear the word creature and you think of something that's creepy and crawly. But, but the point is, is, it's not creepy and crawly. It's something different. It's something different. You, when you walk out in the world, you should be recognized as different and being a Christian. I mean, we, we go amongst worldly people every day. We walk into Walmart. We, we go into uh, Royal King. I don't know where the closest Royal King is to here, but uh, we go into these different places and we see different people and, and those people should recognize us as being a new creature in Christ because a new creature in Christ is not going to cut you in line. A new creature in Christ is not going to cuss at you because you took the last thing on the shelf. A new creature is going to be genuine, going to be kind, going to be helpful, going to be thankful. But what, what do people see? Well, people don't see us being a new person, a new creature, a new creation, because we keep it all bottled up. It's like, it's like our ID. We keep it on our wallet until we need to get it out. But what people should see, we should be carrying our ID with us everywhere. They should see us. They should see Christ in us. We do not want to associate with the world because we think the world can drag us down. But how is the world going to get one if we don't go into the world? Now, that's what Matthew chapter 28 says. Jesus tells his disciples, he says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, every creation. No matter who they are, no matter what they've done, 
They need to hear the gospel. I want you to think about that for a moment. In your life, if somebody decided that it wasn't important to teach the truth to you, where would you be? You know, I think back to my life. If, if people in my life didn't see it as important and valuable to teach me the truth, hard telling where I'd be. I could probably be in prison right now. I may, in, before I was a Christian, I may have been a bad dude. But I don't know because I moved on from that. And my life represents Jesus, and so it's important for me to be an example, to be the salt and the light of the earth. Because I want to see people change like I changed. We become a new person. We, re, we Not only do we become that new person, but we, we receive something that we never had before. You know, Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the full armor of God and how important and how valuable that full armor of God is in our life. Because once we put that full armor of God on, if we put on every piece all together as one, we are able to extinguish the fiery darts of the devil. But if we are missing one piece, we can't. And that's the facts. If you don't have it all on, you will fail. If you don't carry a sword, a warrior will die in battle. He may be able to block a few, but eventually he's going to get cut down. But with a sword, he can defend himself. And that's what the Word of God is. It's our sword. It's our defense mechanism. Every single word in here we could use to defend the Lord Jesus Christ and defend ourselves and where we stand at in this life. But without it, we will fail. But not only do we receive that, that, that full armor, but we also receive the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. The things that we didn't have. You know, before you were a Christian, well, there's still a lot of people today that fail to have patience, but before you were a Christian, it was much easier for you to fly off the handle. But now you, you look at it in a different way. We received these things for a purpose. And that was to fulfill our duty as being a new person in Christ. To show people that the life that we are now living is far greater than the life we used to live. You know, with that, that new position in Christ and then being that, becoming that new person in Christ, it, it, it now gives us a new past. At 11.59 last night, I was sitting there watching the Ohio State Buckeye game. And at 12 o'clock, and this is crazy, at 12 o'clock, that guy kicked the field goal to win the game and he missed it. But he started a new year with losing a game to get him to the championship. But before that, he was looking, everything was looking up. We've been given a new past. The things we did last year are all memories. We remember them. We think about them often. But as a new Christian, you ain't meant to look back. You're meant to move forward. 
our past is exactly that. It's, it's our past. It, it, it's what are we going to do next. And, that, and that's the, th- the thing that all the disciples had in their mind is what can I do next to please the Lord? What can I do next to further His kingdom? What can I do next to, to continue to build up and grow the saints that are going to be standing with me one day 2,000 years later with God in heaven? You've got to move forward. Something we need to keep in the front for, or the forefront of our mind is when we were baptized in the Christ, what happened? While we read Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it says, Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, but you also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everything was washed away. Our past was washed away. The things that we thought was valuable in our life was washed away. The things that didn't matter in this life was washed away. And we've been given a clean slate. I don't think that a lot of people really put into consideration of how important that is in our own lives. That when we become a Christian, we start over. That is one of the greatest opportunities that anybody can ever partake of. Because starting over means that we have we are able to create our own path, a new path. That we don't have to, to keep on walking on them broken rocks for the rest of our life, that we can walk on new rocks. We've been given a new past, but also at the same time our, our old past can help us to create the new life. Things that you did can get you in doors that you've never been in before. If you lived a life where you were you you done something in your life and you know somebody else who used to live or, or still lives in that way, you can help them change. You can allow them to have the same opportunity that you have that that past is gone. Hebrews chapter 8 Verses 12 says, For I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. You see, God, He he knows that it's important to forget those things. And so how important is it for us to forget them? You know, that past life, although it's there, we know it's there, but it shouldn't be our focus. It should be, what can we do next? We have to have a mindset to prepare ourselves for what we have in store for the end of this life. Eternity in heaven. You know, that seems to be one of the biggest struggles today. Everybody seems to seek self-satisfaction. They seek after the things that are temporary. They seek after the things that won't last. You know, James tells us that uh, moths and destroy, moths and rust destroy those things in our life. But what God gives us will last forever. Not only do we have a, a new position, become a new person, have a new past, we also have a new potential. Now, I don't know how often you use that word in your life, the word potential, but I use it pretty often. Because I, I look out to people and I say that they have a lot of potential. And I, and I heard one time a guy told me, he said, well, that word is just to say that that they have potential, but they really won't make it. 
And he told me that. He said, man, you got a lot of potential. And then he told me the rest of the story. And I said, man. But he said, the only way you can reach your full potential is if you put yourself into it. If you want to accomplish things, if you want to succeed, if you want to succeed at your job, you have to be 100%. If you want to succeed in this Christian life, you've got to be 100%. You can't go in halfway. You can't go in three-quarters of the way. You've got to go in all the way. And that's how you're going to succeed. But what holds us back? You know, verse 2, it says, The law of the Spirit of life in, in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Well, here at this time, what held them back was the law. It was so much easier to go back to because... They had guidelines. They had, they had things that they can follow, lists. They had uh, all these different rules that they can look at and say, I see it for myself. I can follow through with it for myself. But Jesus, he, what did he do? He, he nailed the law to the cross. He said, these are the most important. What did he say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God. Those are the most important things. Because once you put God first, then everything else will fall into place. And, and that's how it needs to be in our lives, is God needs to be first. And everything else will work out. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. We have to grow. If we ain't growing, what are we doing? If you plant a flower in your flower bed and you ain't watering it every day, what's it going to do? It's going to die. If we ain't growing, we're dying. You know, you look at it and you're like, man, that's, that's pretty harsh. But it's the truth. And we know that from the physical aspect. I mean, we see our grass die once it gets hot in the summer when we have drought. And that's the purpose. God has made that a purpose in our life to continue growing, to continue to mature, to continue to be who we can be in Him. But we've got to. It's up to us. We can't count on Jake every week to continue feeding us. We can't count on all these other teachers and preachers that come into the congregations to continue feeding us. We have to feed ourselves. We've got to have that mindset that we want to grow. Because a lot of people don't want to grow. They would rather stay in the dormant stages. And we have, we have flowers like that that, that teach us that too. During the wintertime, they'll, they'll go dormant. And they'll hold off until next spring, and then they'll pop up and be just as beautiful as ever. That's how we are to be in Christ all the time. Just as beautiful as ever, that new spring flower. We've got to grasp a hold of that, that, that God has given us the potential to move forward and to be the best for Him. But it's up to you. It's up to me to live it out, to fulfill it. Not only have we been given a new position, become a new person, to have a new past, and, and to have a new potential, we've also been given a new power. A power that we never had before. In Christ we received... New power, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's the power that we have. 
the, the dwelling place, as, and we are called the temple, the naos of God. You may have learned that if you were in class with Ethan going through the tabernacle study. That word naos, it means we're the holy of holies. We're the place where God dwells. And, and how do we look at that in our own lives? Does, does that change everything in our lives? Does that give us the new perspective? Does that give us the new potential? Does, does it fulfill all these things in our life? It should. But you, you see a lot of people today, they, they seem to to want to play the helpless card. I'm helpless without help. You know, that is one of the biggest things that I see today uh, driving in the different cities like over in Portsmouth, Ohio or, or we went out to Reno back in November and, and you see people standing on the corner need help. Homeless, need food. Homeless, need a job. And yet they're standing under a sign that says now hiring. But that new job, it, it doesn't pay what they want. They say, well, I'm worth more than that. But if you want food in your belly, how much is it worth? Is it worth $12 an hour? You know, I'm not that old. I'm only 32. But when I first started working, I was making seven twenty-five an hour. And I thought, man, that's good money. And then you hear of... McDonald's and places like that paying almost $15 an hour. And I'm like, man, I wish I was making $15 an hour when I started. But yet people still stand there helpless and needing help. In Christ, we always forget that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us. Of what gives us the power, it gives us the motivation, it gives us the, the want to move forward in this life. And we've got to put it first. You know, Paul says in the beginning of Romans, in Romans chapter 1, verses 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God unto salvation to those who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Word of God is the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God. It's the same thing that indwells. It, it, it's right here within us. That same Spirit that was given is the same Spirit that we have. And how much power do we have as Christians? We have the power to overcome. Earlier we talked about the, the full armor of God. We have the power to resist the devil. We have the power to, to run the race that's set before us. We have the power to succeed and make it to heaven. But it's only possible if we trust in the source of the power. That's God has given us the ability to overcome. We've also been given a new perspective in Christ. With this new perspective, what does that mean? It gives us a new point of view. When we look out into the, the lost and dying world, we, we sit, see, it as a, see it in a different way. We look out and we see souls that need one to the Lord. We look out and we see future brothers and sisters in Christ if we put in the work and the effort. You know, a lot of it, look at it we look at it this way. Our perspective changes that we want to give more to the Lord. Meaning that we want to give more of our time, we want to give more of our effort, we want to give all of our plans to the Lord and let God lead the way. 
You know, you always, y'all ever heard that uh, country song, Jesus Take the Wheel? You think about it, and you kind of, you just want to smack yourself in the head, and it's like, why don't I take the wheel but follow his pattern? Why don't I drive the same path? Why don't he, he in the car in front of me and leading the way? He's already led the way. You know the wide narrow gate that we drive through, that, that narrow gate and that narrow path that we drive on? It's going to be difficult at times. It's going to have hard and difficult things that pop up in the middle of it. But at the end of the day, we can still continue on the narrow path because Jesus has showed us how to get through it. Jesus and God has always been showing us how to get through it. You start back in Genesis chapter 1 and you work your way to Revelation. You start with Adam and Eve. God said, don't eat of the fruit. But yet they chose to eat of the fruit. A few hundred years later, he tells Noah, build the ark. Because people have sinned against me. And so I want to start over. Years later, Israel comes. He starts with the new people. He destroys the people. And he continues moving forward and they finally make it to the promised land with Joshua. But then Israel goes back down. And it's a continual process that every time you go away from God's path, you're going to fall off. But staying on God's path, you're going to be prosperous. And then you get into the New Testament and Jesus comes and He lays out, well, this is the expectation that God wants from you. John 14, 6 and, or John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. How much do we love God? Do we love Him enough to keep His commandments? Are we willing to be faithful? That's what Revelation 2.10 tells us. Be faithful until death and we will receive a crown of life. But there's a clause to that. Is you have to be faithful to receive the crown of life. I want to end here in, in Romans chapter 8 verses 31 through 39. As we come and, and begin to come to a close here it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him over for us all, how will He not also with Him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is He who died, yes, rather, who was raised, and who is the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered, but in all things, all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You look at these verses. And you think, well, what's this have to do with anything? In Christ, we've been given a new eternity. And so, what does this mean? Well, you read these verses and you think, man, this is great news. Nothing in this world can take us from the love of God. Nothing can snatch it away. Nothing can steal it. But I want you to think for a moment, the only person that can hold you back from reaching eternity is you. If you don't stick it out, if you don't live the life, if you don't live up to the full potential that you have in Christ Jesus, you will miss the boat. We have to remain in the Lord. Our new eternity is not going anywhere until we get there. But you can remove it from yourselves. Nothing can separate from you from the love of God. No outside force can destroy it. Satan himself can't take it away from you. But you can. He gave us a promise of an everlasting place in His presence. In the book of Matthew, He tells us, Jesus is speaking to the crowd, He says, I go to prepare a place for you, and my Father's house are many mansions. The New American Standard Version uses dwelling place, which sounds terrible. But a mansion. Something to look forward to. A place built not with human hands, eternal in the heavens. Made by God for each of us. But we have to get there. We have to be the one to put in the work and the effort. As a child, sometimes you think about that, that picture-painted story of, of trying to, to make sure that your kids don't get into harm's way and, or uh, something like that. And so what you do, you put them on your back and you help them across the briar patch or you walk them across the creek on your back but once they grow up, they have to walk across themselves. God has given us a way across the river. He's helped us across the river. But it's up to us whether we're going to stick it out. In Christ, we have a new position. We become a new person. We have a new past. We have new potential, new power, new perspective and a new eternity. What more could we possibly want?